MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. No investigation necessary. Welcome to VEASAN's F1 Betting Podcast. It's lights out, away we go, go, go. Oh, Checker is a legend. Absolute animal. The only F1 handicap you'll ever need. Maybe this isn't right. But the championship can only be won by one. Here are your hosts, F1 technical analyst Mikhail Miranda and betting expert Ben Wilson. Back for another race recap episode here, VEASAN Formula One betting podcast. And, uh, woof, Mikhail, so... Very poor performances out on the grid on Sunday, and you could have lost every single bet on your card, whether you're betting racing, the soccer, football, anything. And you probably were still better off than one Charles Leclerc from Sunday because uh, a technical issue causing a crash on a formation lap is about as bad as it gets. And that, uh, that was the start of, at least for several teams, a very frustrating Sunday down in Sao Paulo. It was, it was bad. Really, really bad. Charles on the formation lap with the hydraulic failure locked out the steering and then the engine data which locked out the rear tires and which is why you saw him crash into the wall uh, that was dismal then once everything was fixed they got the tires the uh, safety barriers fixed up start the race Kevin Magnussen pushes Nico Hulkenberg wide and is three wide down the start and straight going into turn one who pushes Alex Albon a little bit too much hits him and Alex spins out, who then takes out Kevin Magnussen. Debris hitting Daniel Ricciardo as well as Oscar Piastri. Um, chaos, chaos, chaos. That's the only way I could talk about the first couple of laps before the race just went on and we finally saw some good racing. And Ferrari had this thing of teasing you with some honey they're like here take a little bit take a little bit and then they just rip it away from you and it's just heartbreaking every single time at least for us we've learned to stop betting on that though Mikhail. at least for the most part right <laughs> with some of the issues that have plagued ferrari all season carlos Sainz at least does finish sixth but when you think about the pace that that car has had to only get six total points on grand prix sunday for that team of ferrari 
mega disappointment. And speaking of disappointment, I really I don't like starting negative, but we kind of have to, especially because our uh, we have a future bet tied to this, and a lot of folks were very high in the Mercedes this weekend. I what what the hell happened? I don't. That car just did not look right. First of all, uh, that tire tag on that track was extremely high compared to the rest of the field and i saw this meme on instagram as i was scrolling through and it was the new ai in photoshop and they highlight the mercedes and say make this mercedes faster and it pops up a mclaren <laughs> and i'm like well that are they is wrong true. though i mean are they really wrong i just want to understand how has mclaren figured this out and mercedes not What's going on in that garage? What is Toto Wolf? What is Pete Bonnet and all the engineers back at the factory doing? Like, what is their goal? Because they have been performing really well. Come out here, and it just feels like everything they worked for undone. I I don't know if you got that feeling, but I certainly did. That everything Mercedes worked for came undone this entire weekend. And as I said. A lot has to be due to the sprint race. It took away from Mercedes being able to find the perfect setup for the car, right? You only have one practice. After that, you were in park for me, which means you cannot touch the setup of the car unless you take a grid penalty. So, I, again, I'm not a fan of anything sprint race anymore. Like, It's just not worth it, honestly. Give me three sprint races and I'm good with that. That's all. Like in the... In the tracks that where you can't really overtake, like Monaco deserves a sprint race, but a track like Brazil does not. It gives us racing year in, year out, no matter what time of year you go racing out there. I think the bigger takeaway just from the, the sprint races we've watched, Mikhail, now that those are in the rearview mirrors, it just makes the pre-weekend handicap that much harder if you're just betting on the Grand Prix because of exactly what you laid out, right? And so there's such a, such a smaller window to find that perfect setup. And if it goes wrong, like it did for Mercedes, you get a car in George Russell. It was so bad, they just said, screw it. Just retire the car. And Lewis Hamilton basically limps home in eighth. He's just getting blown by you know, the Alpine of Pierre Gasly and the Aston Martin of Lance Stroll without even putting up a fight. And it ends up being a race where the team boss, Toto Wolf goes at, that was an inexcusable performance. That was the quote uh, after the race. Is is there a world, though, in which you go, all right, maybe a buy low for Mercedes? We were already high on them, as evidenced by our futures bet on a driver to finish second in the in the driver's championship. We bet on Lewis Hamilton. That now took a big hit, even though we got plus money on it. And I don't know, you, you willing to give any buy in, any sort of faith in Mercedes heading into Las Vegas, a track that we figured Mercedes should have some success in? Yes, and here's why. From here on out, every track is going to be either a low or medium downforce configuration. Uh, we're going to see a lot of the Mercedes-powered cars sort of take precedence over any other track, any other car, just due to the fact that everyone else has been able to figure out a good low downforce and mid-downforce configuration. So I'm excited to see what Las Vegas does bring. But moving forward, there has got to be no excuse for Mercedes. You now are back to three practice sessions and park Ferme later on in the afternoon uh, on a Saturday. So it's going to be crucial for Mercedes moving forward to establish a good base for their car. Because if they do not, whatever they do next year 
is going to be very much up in question. And while I was high on Lewis Hamilton at 12 to 1 to win the championship, I can see now why the bookmakers said it's 12 to 1 because they know that this car has no faith whatsoever because it cannot perform consistently. It's like an Alpine, to be honest. Day in, day out, you have no idea what you're going to get with this car unless you get the full three days. Not a comp you want, at least, even though Alpine have had some good performances. The inconsistency there uh, has has been stark. Uh, but you, you talk about low downforce, medium downforce tracks, just two races to go. And I mean, good Lord, another weekend where Lando Norris just puts in the drive of his life in the McLaren, making up ground dis- despite slow starts to the weekend. Doesn't matter. Norris just flying around the track, pushing Max Verstappen for a good deal of time. The Red Bull lead driver ends up taking he and extending the record for single season wins to 17. But big story to me, Mikhail, from a positive standpoint, was another great weekend for Lando Norris on the podium in second. He's 9-1 to one for the Las Vegas Grand Prix, which we'll have next weekend. And keep in mind, those odds have been out basically all season since it is a unique race coming back to Las Vegas and bookmakers have wanted betters, giving them an opportunity to bet on that race all season. Norris now 9-1. to one. How much action do you do you see him getting given the great recent surge in form and just how that car is projected to race coming to Las Vegas? I think it's going to be a great race. I, here is my prediction for the top three going to Las Vegas. Right, It's going to be double McLaren and a Red Bull, which is going to be Max, Oscar, Lando. You're going to probably see a little bit of hints of... Uh, the Ferraris, because they do like a little bit of a low down for his configuration. Uh, Mercedes do not like that. Uh, for some reason, their car just does not like low down for his configuration. And given the fact that we've just seen when they had to run a little bit low down for his configuration, the car was being very uh, temperamental, is the term that I would use, uh, around that circuit. I, I just don't know how the car is going to fare here. And then Williams. Williams are going to do really well, but... Uh, McLaren, they have taken all the right steps. Zach Brown has laid out the plan and is following it to a T. And we can see Oscar Piastri and Landon Norris putting in a banger of a job right now at the McLaren garage. I have to think that you'll only see more money come in on, on, on Norris. Nine to one right now. Again, a lot of the, the odds are already up for the Las Vegas Grand Prix and have been up. For some time, uh, I'm seeing 14 to 1, Mikhail, on that double podium finish. If you want to go ahead and bet that already. Yeah, double top six for McLaren at plus 120. That That is probably the angle I'm going to look at just to give myself a little more insurance. But uh, it, it's great to see that we already have odds up and we'll obviously have our full uh, break, race breakdown for next week. We'll probably do multiple pods, Mikhail, since it's the biggest weekend, at least in our world sports betting world with the F1 season going to Las Vegas. But yeah, I mean, how can you not like what McLaren are doing? And it doesn't matter. It's not like a situation where with the Red Bull and Checo Perez, where if he gets off to a bad start in qualifying, you just have no faith in him making up ground where, you know, Lando like, driving like a man possessed. It just doesn't matter. He can overtake anybody. Uh, they just put it in something absolutely out of this world. I, I don't know where Lander's head is at, but I know he's chasing after one thing and one thing only, his first race win. I think Lando is put in this stat of being on starting on pole and being on the podium one too many times without ever having a race win, like securing high-grade points without a win. And I think that's sort of starting to eat at Lando. 
And uh, this is going to be crucial piece of information as I sent this over to you on the weekend, Ben, was that Red Bull, in, if you recall, in 2022, they broke the cost cap and therefore had to take away 10% of their wind tunnel testing time. However, they had already built the 23 car, therefore the RB19 did not lose any of that time. They're moving that time forward to the 24 car. So the RB20, to me, is going to start off with a bit of a pace deficit. But note how strong the RB19 is. The teams have ways to catch up. But I think McLaren have caught up way too quickly. And once their wind tunnel gets ready January 1st of 2024, just before we get to winter testing, I think McLaren are going to be in a great position to challenge Red Bull and for Lando to challenge Max Verstappen and Sergio Perez for those race wins. As a well good as thing to do, and Oscar Piastri will be getting out of his rookie year and feeling a lot more comfortable in that car and ready to attack a bit more. So I'm going to be... Good thing to file away, I would say, because McLaren right now, second on the constructor's odds board for next year. Five to one. Mercedes six to one. Ferrari seven to one, if you're wondering. Red Bull minus 250. We talked about that last week where odds, at least at DraftKings, already up for next year. And both Piastri and Norris are co-second choice on the driver's championship odds. Nine to one. So it makes sense with everything you've laid out, Mikhail. And i uh, excited to see how that will at least translate in the short term here, final two races of the season, as we go to Las Vegas. And we'll have a couple of episodes for you as well next week. One last thing before we before we get out of here, Mikhail. What, what, what For Aston Martin, like, unbelievable start to the season, and the upgrades hit, yet the performance goes completely south. And basically, what, Aston Martin decides, okay, let's just screw the upgrades. Let's go back to what worked at the start of the year. Fernando Alonso with the pass of maybe the season, last lap, stealing a double podium away from Red Bull, stealing third away from Checo Perez to take third while his teammate Lance Stroll, who's just been awful for the better part of two, three months, takes fifth. What do you take away on the Aston Martin front now going into the final two weeks? I'm still not too sold at Aston Martin uh, up there, or they've found a way to overturn their woes. Uh, but it was an absolute masterclass from Fernando. Uh, since the start of the race, he had been in P3 securing. Sergio Perez put up a great fight. And if you watched Fernando, he took an alternate line into turn 12. He took a, a wide apex and came in. He actually missed the apex every single turn. It took it wide, got in, put the power down, and got on the power earlier than Sergio Perez. And that gave him enough of room to defend against Paris. Now, Paris was not depleting his entire ER, ERS. So he still had some electronic uh, uh, energy left in his system. And then on the penultimate lap, as we got there, uh, Sergio Perez gave it a full send. And Fernando knew that he was not going to be able to defend against that. So he let him through masterclass of Fernando Alonso. He let him get through uh, on turn one, stayed with him through turn four, kept going, stayed with him the entire lap, come in, take the DRS again at turn 12 with that white line and overtake Sergio Perez and keep that going straight for the last lap. And it was absolutely amazing to see him defend. They were just inches away from Sergio Perez taking third. It was just a phenomenal drive. I, I'm, I'm seeing it back in my head right now without even watching because 
that's what you call a two-time world champion. That's what a Formula 1 driver is when you know exactly how to place your car, where to place your car, and when to attack, when to defend, and just how to keep calm, cool, collected in this sort of high-pressure environment. Because I don't think Lance Stroll... Even Lando Norris would have been able to do that. And I think Max Verstappen has not been that cool uh, ever. Because even back in 2021 when he was fighting Lewis Hamilton, you saw these glimpses of anger and impatience where you just saw Fernando Alonso just be calm, collected, and extremely patient. He knew exactly how to drive that Aston Martin and did a phenomenal job. And that's why the fans adore, 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 door Fernando Alonso and why we can see Carlos signs say that Fernando Alonso is his great inspiration for getting into Formula One. And it's why for people who might criticize the season for being over so quickly, just from the drivers, constructors championship perspective, you go, hey, it's moves like that, races like that, that make it worth watching every single week. Fernando Alonso, just an incredible drive there for the Aston Martin. And it sets up you know, a lot of really good storylines, Mikhail. I'm excited to get into next week here. We'll have a couple of episodes, a really special week for us on the podcast as Formula One returns to Las Vegas. Las Vegas Grand Prix, uh, for you and I being here, it's uh, been a mega pain in the, uh, in the you-know-what for the locals trying to get around. But that's neither here nor there. We'll have a lot of content coming your way next week. I know you're excited for that for, uh, for Mikhail. You've been building up all season to a whole lot of bets going on in the Vegas Grand Prix. So uh, excited for that. Please make sure if you haven't done so already, give us a subscribe hit on your wherever you're getting us on your podcast feed, a little five-star rating, and leave a comment if you are so inclined, as we will come back a whole lot of content for you next week as we prepare for the penultimate race of the season here in Las Vegas. For Mikhail, I am Ben. We'll catch you next time here on the Beeson Formula One Betting Podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.